आई वी एम The Polyester Prince The Rise of Dhirubhai Ambani is a book about Dhirubhai Ambani written by a journalist Hamish McDonald and published by Harper Collins. It's about the founder of the multi-billionaire company Reliance Industries which began from producing polyester to winning contracts for oil fields in Saudi Arabia. And yet a book about the Ambanis is available in Australia but not in India. Why ever not? Hello and welcome to the Longest Constitution. My name is Priya Mirza, and this podcast is about the Constitution of India. And this season is about work, the freedom of expression, and how the PIL has transformed not only the political landscape but also the constitutional balance of power. My throat is still sore, but I hope it's not unbearable. So our first story today has to do with defamation. Now you would remember from the previous episode that following the Cable Television Networks Act of 1995 the transmission of cable TV can in fact be interrupted on the gentle grounds of defamation though what is defamation so defamation treats the person's reputation like property and the same way that there are penal provisions for destroying or damaging property the damage to a person's reputation is the same Of course one has to be famous and powerful to be defamed and file a suit for that ha anyway hamish mcdonald spent years researching and writing on the ambani's detailing how the ambani's partied with politicians bribed journalists and took advantage of favorable regulations to build a monopolistic empire So basically they prospered not through their business acumen but as a result of their political patronage but as a result of political patronage stuff i would definitely like to know about but a book about all this backed by research and hours and years of steady hard work this a period Our second story today is to do with air pollution in Delhi. Really, the average AQI of this city is 269. Ah. Now we remember Mr. Mehta from the previous episode, don't we? A well-meaning public spirited lawyer and apart from the writ petition on Shriram Industries, in 1985 he also filed a petition about the deteriorating air quality of the capital. So just to recall, the Delhi oleum case was super important for many reasons. First it was the beginning of a trend where the supreme court assumed the position of both legislature and executive second it was the first case where the court ordered compensation from a private company finally the supreme court began its own investigations into cases by creating a position called amicus curiae which translates into a friend of the court so in a first of its kind the court paid mc mehta rupees 10000 for legal assistance in the olian case and similarly in the delhi air pollution case the supreme court constituted a fact finding committee and this was the epca the environment pollution prevention and control authority with representatives from the central pollution control board the automobile manufacturers association of india the center for science and environment and the transport department of delhi So before we move on to the next case the point here is that for a case of city wide scope a very few number of stakeholders actually played a role 
Okay, our third story today is to do with corruption and financing election campaigns. The year is 1974 and elections to the Lok Sabha constituency Sadar Old Delhi are being conducted. But one candidate has better financial backing than his rival candidates. Amarnath Chawla has rich friends and supporters who organize public meetings, print posters and pump in money to influence voters. So is it surprising that he won in that election and is that fair? So campaign finance is an admittedly tricky area. And the question is where should the money to fund elections come from? Elections in all countries cost money. However, methods of financing elections vary greatly from systems of publicly funded elections to systems of unlimited private contributions. So why do you need money for an election campaign? Let's see now. You would need it for advertisements and advertising agencies to organize big public meetings, canvassing facilities, employing thousands of committed and paid workers, maybe plus a private jet to get across from one point to another. So in India, private contributions are permitted but spending by political candidates is capped. candidates okay not political parties and under the representation of the people act 1951 and conduct of election rules 1961 every candidate at an election is required to keep a separate and correct account of all expenditure incurred or authorized by himself or herself basically hisab rakho so the limitation is on the candidate the individual and not either the supporter or a political party except that when amana chawla was accused of using such benefits he said hey i didn't authorize this so does that mean he could evade this provision back to the air pollution the fact finding commission about air pollution in delhi the epca recommended that private diesel cars should not be registered that the supreme court should freeze the sales of diesel cars and to augment the number of public transport buses in delhi to 10000 by 1st april 2001 meanwhile what did the ambani's do the ambani's filed an injunction in 1998 the company moved the lower district court of 30000 in delhi and procured an injunction against the book in technical terms these are called slap lawsuits SLAP stands for strategic litigation against public participation and refers to using the law in order to prevent the public from knowing about or participating in important affairs. In this case their weapon was defamation. But what's an injunction? It's a form of prior restraint. So following legal threats to Harper Collins that injunctions would be filed in 22 high courts across the country. a powerful corporation compelled a publication house to pulp a book about them and what happened to delhi's air pollution in one of its most famous orders in 1998 the supreme court ordered all commercial public transport vehicles to change from diesel or petrol to cng compressed natural gas which was seen as a green fuel and the two problems with this are a the science behind cng was severely contested and it resulted in an utter chaos and hardship for auto drivers who were presented with a new regime but more importantly didn't the committee also recommend a freeze on the sale of all 
private diesel cars whatever happened at that oh right the automobile lobby meanwhile in kavarlal gupta versus amarnath chawla 1974 the supreme court considered whether the expenditure incurred by a candidate included expenditure incurred by a political party or friends or supporters who had sponsored the candidate and justice p n bhagwati said it didn't matter it didn't matter who did the sponsoring but if you benefited and consented to this expense it would imply that the candidate had authorized such an expense and therefore would pay the consequences of violating the law and this had huge repercussion for one prime minister of this country that's indira gandhi but more on that later so today's takeaways are India's campaign finance laws are notably weak and ineffective in regulating expenditure in campaigns. Presently the law in India allows expenditure up to 70 lakh rupees in parliamentary constituencies and up to 28 in state assembly constituencies which is so low that it is undoubtedly crossed in each election. Crossing this by the way is a corrupt practice for which the civil penalty is disqualification. from contesting in elections for the next 6 years secondly pil has catapulted the supreme court to a position of unquestionable power and authority and hold on the pil itself was initiated by the supreme court itself hmm. and finally defamation in india is a reasonable restriction under the constitution as well as the ipc which has meant that powerful private companies can in fact prevent the publication of books which are of public interest and the ambanis are not alone so the sahara group and powerful politicians have successfully filed injunctions and prevented the publication and sale of books so such injunctions which are prior restraints strike against the very heart of the constitutional right to free speech that's it for today people so if you have questions or comments please send them in you could leave a review at apple podcasts and rate the show on spotify you could email me at the longest constitution at gmail.com or reach out to me on twitter where i am at fundamentally p or on instagram the longest constitution until next time this is me priya mirza signing out <laughs>